Today, Rinpoche went over 13 points that Jayan Sheba points out in the section on the Lamrim Chemo on how to train in the equalizing, exchanging self with others practice passed down from Master Shantideva. So once again, we're looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and specifically the section on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, in that section, uh, when we get into it a, a bit, there are two categories of that show how one will achieve the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, first is the seven-point cause and effect passed down from Lord Atisha, and the second is equalizing and exchanging self with others passed down from Master Shantideva. We are now at that section, uh, currently in the text, uh, and there are three categories that deal with uh, Master Shantideva's work. First, contemplating the benefits of exchanging self uh, with others and the fault of not exchanging self with others. Second, the ability to exchange self and other if you accustom yourself or familiarize yourself with the thought of doing so. And the third category is the stages of meditating on uh, the exchange of self and others. Uh, so they, there are three categories. So today we'll uh, start in the section that deals with the stages uh, of meditating on how to exchange self with others. Okay. Okay, so uh, previously we went over a section in the text where uh, Jamian Sheba's uh, 13 um, uh, categories that deal with those stages. And I'm just going to find exactly where we are in the English. Just bear with me one moment. The end. 314, 15 should be 316. Of course not. The actual way to meditate um, is the heading. Of, and then the, the, the actual way to meditate on exchange of self and others. And there are 13 categories, but it's under that major heading of the stages of meditating on how to exchange self and other. Okay, Rasa Rinpoche. Dala 
Okay, so the first category um, is as follows. Um, if, therefore, if you become conditioned to cherishing others, you will give rise to an attitude of finding others' suffering unbearable. After you have eliminated the obstacles to exchanging self and other in this way, the uh, actual way to meditate uh, is as follows. Out of attachment to self, your self-cherishing attitude has produced all sorts of undesirable things throughout the beginningless time of cyclic existence up to now. Although you wanted to make things perfect for yourself, you emphasized your own welfare and engaged in improper methods. You have spent countless eons at this, but have not at all accomplished your own or others' aims. Not only you have not achieved these, you have been tormented only by suffering. You had if you had replaced concern for your own welfare with concern for others' welfare, you would certainly have already become a Buddha long ago and would have completely and perfectly accomplished your own aims as well as others, those of others. As you did not do this, you have spent your time uselessly and laboriously. Uh, laboriously. So this is the first category, and it's saying if you had exchange self with others, you would not be in the current predicament in cyclic existence you are right now. You would have become a Buddha. But the fact that you are still currently in cyclic existence proves and shows that you have not engaged in this practice. Uh, so this is the point number one uh, in Jayan Sheba's outline. Okay. Manjubitunes Bebatumi, Chu <laughs> 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 
Tanne te yedere şebaşela dayı çok dağın. Rancı bancı ve cinsin duvardan azı dayı dayı çoğunda da o rancı zinde duvarız. Dayı çok rancı bancı ve cinsin de şebaşında tembatan. Majiba tembaçı tembatan. Şehrin tene rancı zinde yokun duymadığı. Nişara çekin şehrin tene çekiyoruz. Şehrin tene Bebatüme, bebatüme rajinde majiba majiba dağın. Çeba cüntüdü, müncü koyan bir. Nebar tembar şeba, tembar şeyine. Nebar kubar şeba des. Ote yanayat kumbar şey kuruz. Kum kabayı varsın, şuncu les. Değil, jara tancıdı. Rajinde değil, çeba jara tancıdı. Kua dağla nebar şeyiz. Kuala Kuyu negosunda rolüm ne başı koyarız. Ne başı yiyicu randuğun şeyin döbeyiz. Ne yiyicu susu yutuğunda şeyin döbeyiz. Randuğun şeyin döbeyiz. Keba tamamen de çocuğunuz. Keba tamamen de çocuğunuz. Ne var için bu tabi çocuğunun başı doğuz. Çeva tümamın tatibatı rancınızın duvatın yalan şebalı denne. Vatın asu dönge mamuyumda duvatıkı çeviriz. Mavacım da tabi çöcü dönge bacı du şeytan. Kedi çöcü hadiyusuz. Kedi çöcü hadiyusuz lendi şeba çönene. Sonci pansun. Pansun dimi ba. Ne kadar çömesiz. Hamane adı rajinde dilçüyün taşıya çinçin yöntem taşıyona ne vodi. Tanıdıktan da yumsigim arıyorsun ha. Hani sancıya sabırız. Kedi çöcü. Hadiyus. Lende şevre çöna ne. Sancı pensu demeyin ba. Ne kadar da çömesi çeysoz. Vodi batı ne bari. Basa. Uh, okay, so number two, make a firm determination by thinking, now I understand the faults of self-cherishing and the benefits of cherishing others. With great effort, relying on mindfulness and vigilance, I will discontinue the present self-cherishing, my greatest enemy, and I will not allow any potential self-cherishing to arise. In this way, frequently stop self-cherishing. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deed says, self-cherishing has harmed me in all my myriad lifetimes, in cyclic existence, you, O oh mind, though you spent countless eons wanting to accomplish your own welfare, uh, through such great hardship, you have accomplished only suffering. If, you for if formerly you had acted for others' welfare, this condition which lacks the perfect happiness of Buddhahood could not possibly have occurred. Um, so going back to the top, uh, uh, the points being made that it's clear what the benefits of a self-cherish, I mean, the benefits of cherishing others are and the downfalls of a self-cherishing attitude are. Um, so knowing this and recognizing that self-cherishing attitude to be as negative as it is, we begin to look at it as our enemy um, and, and see it um, as something we want to eliminate. So it says relying on mindfulness. So by paying attention to what you're doing, by being mindful of what you're doing, you are able to see if this self-cherishing attitude is rising up or not. Um, and, and, and then if it is, you're able to quell it or abandon it. Um, so 
this is by, by applying an opponent to it. Um, so this is what is meant by remaining mindful. Um, it says, I will discontinue the present self-cherishing, my greatest enemy, and will not allow any potential self-cherishing to arise. So the relying on mindfulness and vigilance, it says first. Um, so by reliance on mindfulness and vi vigilance, we won't allow any potential self-cherishing to arise. So as soon as there's a, uh, um, an arisal of any form of self-cherishing, you immediately abandon that. And then it says, in this way, frequently stop self-cherishing. So um, just constantly um, be mindful, um, constantly abandon this negativity. Self-cherishing has harmed me in all my myriad lifetimes and cyclic existence, you owe mine. Though you spent countless eons wanting to accomplish your own welfare through such great hardship, you have accomplished only suffering. Uh, so even though we're trying to achieve happiness and do things to be happy, uh, we are still in cyclic existence, and we have spent, uh, we have done this since beginningless time. Uh, so since beginningless time, we have engaged in this um, pursuit of our own happiness, and it has only um, created just more of suffering, that more like suffering. Um, so, and then it says, uh, if formerly you had acted for others' welfare, this condition which lacks a perfect happiness of Buddhahood could not possibly have occurred. So it's a sign that you have not abandoned the self-cherishing attitude um, that you are uh, in cyclic existence, that you're a human. Uh, if you had abandoned the self-cherishing attitude, you would necessarily be a Buddha. Uh, so the fact that you are not a Buddha proves that you haven't abandoned this self-cherishing attitude. Um, so th that's the point made in number two, and um, it ends. Number two ends right there at the um, final quote from Shanti Deva. And Chuji Sombat, 
Okay, so number three. Thus, neither be self-centered nor support self-centered tendencies. You must train again and again in the attitude of freely giving to all beings your own body, resources, and roots of virtue. And you must work for the welfare of those to whom you give these things. It is wrong to do the opposite. So stop the attitude which sees your own body, resources, and roots of virtue as being your own purpose, for your own purposes. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deed says, I am controlled by others. You, O oh mine, know this for certain. Now do not think of anything other than the welfare of all beings. It is wrong to achieve my own aims with my eyes, etc., that are under the uh, that are under under others' control. Therefore, it is incorrect to do wrong to others with my eyes, etc., that are for their welfare. <coughs> Uh, so number three, it says you must train again and again, so uh, continuously, not just do it once. Um, continuously train in the attitude which is willing to give away your body, which is referring to your physical body. Uh, willing to give away your resources, your house, your car, uh, and so forth. Willing uh, to give away your roots of virtue any virtuous deeds that you've committed through your body, through your speech, or through your mind. Um, so this willingness to give this to others in order to work for their welfare um, is something that you familiarize yourself with again and again to uh, develop this altruism. So stop the attitude which sees body, resources, and roots of virtue as being for your own purposes. So begin to... Uh, cherish others, begin to change that attitude which cherishes oneself above all and transform into an attitude which cherishes others. I am controlled by others, you all mine, know this for certain. Now do not think of anything other than the welfare of all beings. Transform the attitude which previously thought of self-cherishing constantly to one that thinks of cherishing others. 
And then it is wrong to achieve my own aims with my eyes, etc., that are under the control of others. Therefore, it is incorrect to do wrong to others with my eyes, etc., uh, that are for their welfare. So we should be utilizing our, um, uh, our resources, be they physical or material, for others as opposed to just for our own aims. Dikshanamche. Oje tata no oto bata tata je ta jiba tena matasa gudwa jiba lusu radun to tena tumene nyetu sabe gabanes na lula suba lula suba radun radun santane ode kasugure nyeba yobate santane ode gagures ga Kedi bame çöne çöp. 
If you lose the thought that your body, etc., are for others' welfare and think that they are for your own benefit, or if you see them as agents of physical, verbal, or mental harm to others, then stop this way of thinking by contemplating how this previously brought you to limit, brought you limitless harm, and how you are still mistaken with regard to its appearance of helpfulness, which is false. If you are controlled by the wrong way of thinking, it produces only unbearable suffering. Engaging in the Bodhisattva deeds says, When you, self-cherishing, ruined me before, that was another time. Now I recognize you. Where will you go? I will destroy all your arrogance. Dispel the thought, I still have my own welfare. I, I have sold you my mind to others. Do not be dispirited. Offer your energy. If I become careless and do not give to you, you to beings, you will certainly give me over to the guardians of hell. Thus, you gave me over to long periods of suffering. Now I remember my grudges. I will destroy your selfish thoughts. Um, so, if you lose the thought that your body, etc., are for others' welfare and think that they are for your own benefit, or if you see them as agents of physical, verbal, or mental harm to others, then stop this way of thinking. So one has to transform this way of thinking um, to one that sees one's uh, physical, agents of physical, verbal, and mental uh, um, are there to benefit others. So one has to transform this idea that has any inclination that they're to, to harm others in some way to transforming it into utilizing these things to help all all sentient beings. Uh, so, um, so that's the change in attitude that's being spoken of here in point number four. And it says, uh, if you are controlled by the way of thinking that cherishes yourself, then it will produce incredible amounts of future suffering. So the only thing that it can produce is future suffering, whereas the other opposite attitude produces um, permanent happiness. So, um, let's see if you're controlling. And then the engaging in the bodhisattva deeds is written to a self-cherishing attitude. Um, uh, and then to, it's written to its self-cherishing attitude, but then also written uh, speaking to the, the body and the resources and so forth. When you ruined me before, that was another time. Now I recognize you. Where will you go? I will destroy all your arrogance. So the self-cherishing attitude um, uh, is what 
they have it in parentheses, it's not in the Tibetan. Um, so it's what has caused all sufferings. Dispel the thought, I still have my own welfare. I have sold you my mind to others. Do not be dispirited. Offer your energy. Um, so we can't think that, oh, I, I've, I've now given over like my rights in some way to others. I don't, I, I, we have to abandon this idea um, that um, this doesn't help us in some way. It says, if I become perilous and do not give you to beings, you will certainly give me over to the, the guardians of hell. So if I don't offer these things as a result of this stinginess of, of self-cherishing attitude, I will be born in the lower realms of cyclic existence. I will have to be born in, in here it says the hell realm, the lowest, but the cause of the self-cherishing, the result of the self-cherishing attitude is rebirth in the lower realms of the suffering realms of cyclic existence. Thus you gave me over to long periods of suffering. Now I remember my grudges. I will destroy your selfish thoughts. So, and then the final point is made to the self-cherishing attitude directly, saying that all, all of the suffering that have, has been experienced is because of the self-cherishing attitude. Um, so now um, the point is that, that that attitude needs to be destroyed if the results that it produces are wished, it needs to be destroyed if you wish to destroy the results um, of it. Um, so that's all number four. Deek Sung Rinpoche. Then Jena 
What about the Ngaba the Ngaba? The the Shunju long the Nyunyun Shunju Tin in Dua Tin or then ジェビロジェチェバシャデジェナダジンゾンシャソデシュニンサロジェンビロジェバシャデジェンチェバンジェビチンジンロジェバシャゴレスオッケージェンビロジェバシャデジェンチェバンジェビチンジンロジェバシ
Okay, uh, so number six. To produce the attitude that cherishes beings in this way, you must remember their kindness and recognize that they help you. For example, once farmers see that through sowing healthy seeds they will reap a good and abundant harvest, they value a fertile field. Likewise, once you are certain that you will accomplish all temporary and final well-being through the sowing of seeds of generosity and so forth uh, in the field of living beings, you will cherish others. Reflect on this. And then the quote from Engaging in the Bodhisattva's Deeds, uh, Shanti Deva's Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. Living beings and conquerors are similar. From them you achieve a Buddha's qualities. How is it that you do not respect living beings just as uh, you respect conquerors? Uh, so the question's being put forth of that uh, independence upon sentient beings, one is able to become a Buddha. Um, independence upon a Buddha, one is able to become a Buddha. So they're equally necessary. So why is it that we don't view sentient beings as just as high as the, the Buddha? Because we depend on them just as much as we do the Buddha. Um, so that's the point of number six. Um, just uh, li living beings and conquerors are similar. So meaning that we rely on both of those objects, um, objects of observation, uh, in order to achieve Buddhahood. Uh, it says, from them you achieve a Buddha's quality. So you, you, equal, you need, equally need both a Buddha and sentient beings. Uh, in order to know the path and practice the path. So uh, that's the point being made in number six. Digsong Rimshe. The way you would is 
to produce this attitude that cherishes beings in this way, you must remember their kindness or recognize that they help you. Uh, so that's very similar. Rinpoche was saying the seven-point cause and effect, uh, where you recognize sentient beings as your mother, uh, remember their kindness, and then wish to repay their kindness. So we see um, part of the thoughts from that seven-point cause and effect presented here in number uh, six as well, to produce the attitude that cherishes beings in this way, you must remember their kindness. Um, so that's uh, similar to remembering the, the kindness and the way we do so presented um, in the last, the pages before this. Um, so moving forward, uh, number seven, in reference to this, killing living beings leads you to the three miserable realms. So in the karma section, we learn that a great, degree of killing produces rebirth in the hell realm. A medium degree of killing produces rebirth in the hungry ghost realm. And a small degree of killing produces rebirth in uh, the animal realm. So we see how uh, this point, how this point connects to its results. Uh, so leads you to the three miserable realms. If you save others from being killed, you go to a happy realm and have a long life there. So if you engage in the ethics which abandons killing, um, then that opposite happens. That produces a higher realm rebirth um, in, in the, the way of the great degree in the gods, a medium degree, demi, and the small degree in humans. Um, in the same way, stealing or giving away your resources being hostile or uh, cultivating love and compassion will produce results such as leading you respectively to a miserable or a happy realm. So in dependence upon any those non-virtuous activities, we go to the um, lower realms, but in, in dependence upon the ethics which abandon any among those non-virtuous activities, those ethics lead to rebirth in the higher realms of cyclic existence. Contemplate especially that you need a focus on living beings as you develop the spirit of enlightenment and that accomplishing the bodhisattva's deed for the sake of living beings you achieve, you reach Buddhahood. So these two depend on living beings. Also reflect on bringing generosity, etc. to perfection and dependence on living beings as taught in the verses on the necessity of making uh, being, living beings happy. Um, um, also reflect on just I, I think it might stop also reflect on uh, I think depend on living beings I think that's where number uh, seven stops um, because Rinpoche said Nagarjuna's quote is where eight begins and I believe that that sets up the quote the next the next sentence sets up the quote also reflect on bringing generosity uh, so I believe it ends there um, Rinpoche the Dunba Kabar Kagadu Duba 
Okay, so I yeah, I believe that's that's correct. It ends depend on living beings, and then number eight will begin uh, also. But I'll correct myself if that's not the case. But I'm ninety nine percent sure that that is the case. Okay, Digsunrimche, uh, oh, uh, so we'll take a short break, um, and we'll be back um, right after this. Okay, so we're going to get started. Kali, Kali, Rimche. Tell her your money. Jeba, Deba, Jeba. Jeba, then the motors on Rota, Jeba. Jeba, Snego, don't Tadu. Tadu, give me. Sijela what Kumulamenu Sene Dubakashi, 
Okay, so now uh, number eight, and it actually, um, number seven does read that last sentence. Um, so it was just a sentence in question, um, and it just appears that it, number seven also includes, also reflect on bringing, the way I read it the first time, also reflect on bringing generosity, etc., to the perfection and dependence on living beings as taught in the verses on the necessity of making living beings happy. Um, so, um, next is number eight. Nagarjuna's essay on the spirit of enlightenment states. Okay, so this will all be number eight. The desirable and undesirable effects a life in the happy and miserable realms in this world arise through the benefit and harm you do to living beings. If you attain... Unexcelled Buddhahood and dependence on living beings, why be at all amazed that in these three realms the resources of deities or humans relied upon by Brahma, Indra, Rudra, and the per worldly protectors and also brought about by just helping living beings? 
All of the many sufferings living beings experience as animals, hungry ghosts, and hell beings come from harming living beings. The suffering of hunger, thirst, violence, and torture, which are difficult to reverse and inexhaustible, are the results of harming living beings. Uh, so it begins with the, the point about at a, um, a general point, so that all of the undesirable things come from self-cherishing and all the positive or, or good things come from cherishing others. Um, um, so, and, and it's specific here, it speaks of doing harm or benefiting or aid. So all negativities come from harming uh, um, and, and all positive comes from benefiting. Um, so self-cherishing would actually be of harm to others. Um, so arise through benefit and harm. You do So the desirable and undesirable effects, a life in the happy or miserable realms in this world, arise through benefit and harm you do to living beings. Uh, so by benefiting living beings, you are born into the six higher realm, uh, three higher realms of cyclic existence of, uh, anim, uh, I'm sorry, of human, demigod, and God. In independence upon non-virtuous activities, uh, one is born in the three lower realms of cyclic existence of hell, hungry, ghosted animal. Um, so uh, these six realms are created through either benefit to sentient beings or harm to sentient beings. Uh, so it says, if, if you attain unexcelled Buddhahood and dependence on living beings, why be at all amazed that in these three realms the resources of deities or, or humans relied upon by uh, Brahma, Indra, Rudra, and the worldly protectors are just brought about by just helping living beings. So um, if you know that Buddhahood comes from just helping living beings, why are you surprised? Why would you be surprised to find out that all the resources, uh, enjoyments, resources, all of the uh, resources and enjoyments that... Uh, are experienced in any among the realms of deities or humans, uh, and then it goes on to sp specify Brahma, Indra, Rudra. Um, all of these are brought about by helping living beings. All of these wonderful things. So why would you surprise? Uh, why would? Why are you surprised by this if you know that Buddhahood is caused? Why would you be surprised to know that all of these other wonderful things are caused by it as well? If the ultimate happiness is caused by it. Why wouldn't you think that these other forms of happiness were as well? Um, so that's the point. All of um, all of the many sufferings living beings experience, as animals, hungry ghosts, and hell beings, come from harming living beings. The sufferings of hunger, thirst, violence, and torture, which are difficult to reverse and inexhaustible, are results of harming living beings. Um, so then it talks uh, here of the various types of suffering that um, are, are experienced in the lower realms of cyclic existence by animals, uh, hungry ghosts, and hell beings. Um, yeah, I was just seeing if it was in order. Thirst, violence, torture, animal, hungry ghosts, hell. It's not necessarily. Um, but these are types of suffering that hell, hungry ghosts, and animals have to endure. The torture and the violence in the hell realm, and the thirst and uh, food needs in the hungry ghost realm. Let's see if it went that way. Hell, animal, hungry ghost. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, anyway, these are sufferings that are experienced in those realms. 
uh, and it says, which are difficult uh, to reverse and inexhaustible. Um, so all of these experiences basically are caused from li harming living beings. Uh, so all suffering is caused from harm, all happiness is caused from aid. Um, so this is the point that's made then in uh, number eight, I believe, was where we are, eight. Um, I think that's everything. Okay, Dixon. Tatanma Sijin Sinjanala Shanchu 
Jabun Juma Cheba Sheba Yina Tada Kaji Chijan Ne Radun Chashin Chetanes or Tele Santa Bayina or the Rajinil Chaba Shegumares Radun Chashin Chetane Sheso also what about Juba Guba 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 Okay so now um, we go to uh, number nine in, in where we have another quote from uh, Nagarjuna. Their Shravaka's goal is inferior because they do not emphasize others' welfare, whereas Buddhas attain the final goal because they stress others' welfare. It is said that once you have com uh, contemplated the principle here, you should not even for an instant be attached to your own welfare. Uh, Nagarjuna's essay on the spirit of enlightenment states, with effort, eliminate a poise, uh, as a poison your lack of care for living beings. Don't Shravakas attain an inferior enlightenment because they lack caring? By not forsaking living beings, perfect Buddhas attain enlightenment. Once Bodhisattvas ascertain the effects arising from helping and not helping, how can they remain even for a moment attached to their own welfare? So point being made here is that the Shravakas and the Prachika Buddhas um, have the three highest higher they have the three highest higher trainings. So they are able to abandon the afflictive obstruction. So there are hearer foe destroyers, solitary realizer foe destroyers um, that have abandon cyclic existence because of the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions. But the obstructions to omniscience um, are not abandoned. So the final goal can't be reached because the self-cherishing attitude hasn't been abandoned. In order to achieve complete Buddhahood, you have to abandon the self-cherishing attitude. Um, because here in Solitary Realizer haven't completely abandoned the self-cherishing attitude, um, they, they aren't able to achieve that final goal of Buddhahood. Uh, <coughs> it is said once you have contemplated the principle here, you should not even for an instant be attached to your own welfare. So once you know the benefits of s the attitude of cherishing others and the downfalls of cherishing yourself, and once you realize it, the point made here, then you won't ever think of this again because it makes that much sense. Once you uh, have this um, repeatedly if you once you think about this repeatedly and make it stable within your mind, then the other wouldn't arise again because of the um, uh, cl how clear um, it is. Um, so how clear the relationship between these um, results are, and how clear this is. Um, so you wouldn't be attached for even a second. It says. With effort, eliminate as a poison your lack of care for living beings. So here the self-cherishing attitude is compared to poison. Um, because you take poison, then it causes suffering later. You engage in self-cherishing, it, cre it creates suffering later. So here it's compared to a poison. It says, don't shravakas attain an inferior enlightenment because they lack caring? Uh, so here it's saying that the nirvana that the shravakas achieve is incomplete because there's still obstructions to omniscience present. They are not omniscient. Um, so it's not, it is inferior to Buddhahood because it lacks omniscience. It, it lacks, the Buddha has removed obstructions to omniscience as well as afflictive obstructions. The Shravaka and, and Solitary Realizer have only removed one. 
and which is the afflictive obstructions. Therefore, they remain um, with the obstacles to the omniscience. Um, so, because they lack caring, they haven't abandoned the self-cherishing attitude. Um, not, by not forsaking living beings, perfect Buddhas attain enlightenment. So it's showing the difference. Buddhas engage in an attitude that cherishes others. Shravakas do not. Shravakas enlightenment uh, is incomplete. Buddha's enlightenment is not incomplete. Our bo once bodhisattvas ascertain the effects arising from helping and not helping. So once a bodhisattva recognizes, okay, what the difference is between a Buddha and a Shravaka, or a, a Buddha and a hearer, Arhat, once, once the Bodhisattva realizes that, then he or she, uh, it says, how can they remain even for a moment attached to their own welfare? So once he or she understands what happens when you don't help, what happens when you do help, how could you not help? How could you not know uh, that that was superior? How could you remain attached to your own welfare when no, you know that that's not what is best for your own welfare, ultimately. Um, so uh, that's the point that's being made by Nagarjuna in, in point number nine. Okay. Gupatsa. <laughs> Lens Shanjit Shanjus 
de semche ke champotsan dans de yene konsu sanje se konsu semche yire gangin sena shanchu semba ana sem de shanchu semba semche yire then garishne de de sanje se de de kanga shena de that's cool i have to I have to find it first. So, Denes Shengi Dun La Chitu Shewa. Chitu Shewa is a gentle one of a Jinziroa. The Shanchugi Shanchugi Senji Nugule Nugule Tonshins. the Yure. Litsar, Semche Jetsar. Gang is in a Shanchu Semba. Shanchu Semba Roa. Then Consul Semche Jetsar. Then I see you to tell a Jitu Joas, Jetsiban Zivachinje. Then Drebuka and Drebuna, Shanchu Jesenle, Shanchu Jesen in Yogoles, Drebun is Shanchu Jesen in Yogoles, Drebun Shanchu Sen in Yogoles. Shanju Kechempo, Gangasena Konsu Ninji Jetsar, the Ninji Chempo Laksang Semche. Then Sanchu Semba Ninji Chempo Dang Semche Tsar, then Garishene the Lamatson Kapi Lapcha. Okay. Um, so my question was, um, I'll read it and then you'll know why I asked. I've just been curious as I've read it a few times. Uh, therefore, uh, so this is number 10. Therefore, after the conqueror's children understand that full absorption in others' welfare and the goal of enlightenment arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment, and after they see that its root is compassion, they are very intent on cultivating compassion. They become thoroughly conditioned to it so that their compassion and spirit of enlightenment become firm. Thereupon they cannot help but engage in the deeds of great undertaking that is most challenging. Um, so um, the, my question was, is doesn't a bodhisattva already have great compassion. The conqueror's child already has bodhicitta, so why is it saying once they figure this out, they practice this, because it seems like they already have. 
And Rinpoche is saying when you use the word enlightenment, first of all, there's three types of enlightenment. There's hearer's enlightenment, solitary realizer's enlightenment, and the, then the great vehicle enlightenment. Um, so this is speaking as practitioners in general. This name, this is just a nominal designation of conqueror's children. And it means that, it could mean it in two ways. It could mean that a practitioner, once they realize this, um, practice that, and that the, 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 their bodhisattvas, it means that they practiced this before. Like it, you can read it in a way that um, it's saying that the bodhisattva, it, it's saying once the bodhisattvas realize this, just speaking as, okay, there's a bodhisattva here, and it's talking about that bodhisattva. Once they, that bodhisattva realized that, he or she then engaged in those practices that made him or her a bodhisattva. You know what I mean? So it could be, you could read it like that in the Tibetan so that it, it reads in a way that, you know, once the, the bodhisattvas, you know, once the bodhisattva realizes that this is the key practice, he or she engages in, a, you know, the spirit of enlightenment. Um, and you think, well, they already have it. It means that it's just showing how they did it in a way. So I was just, I was asking Rinpoche to clarify that for me, and that's what he was clarifying. And you find in the, uh, umaj, in the uh, Madhyamika Avatara, Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way, it says, the Shravakas and those halfway to Buddhahood are born, born from the mighty sage. And the Buddhas take their uh, rebirth, their birth from bodhisattva heroes, compassion, non-duality, the wish for Buddhahood for the sake of, of for others' sake are causes of the children of the conqueror. So it's saying the Buddhas come from the bodhisattva. Um, so once the practitioner realizes that the Buddha arises from the bodhisattva, then you recognize that, that the uh, um, spirit of enlightenment that has compassion at its root is the key important practice because it says here that the Buddhas take their birth from bodhisattva heroes. Um, bodhisattvas uh, um, are come about through the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Then once one achieves the mind that aspires to enlightenment, he or she is a bodhisattva. Um, so um, the bodhisattva um, uses this compassion and non-duality in bodhicitta to become Buddhas. Um, so that's the point that's being made here. It's showing how the um, enlightenment of the Buddha is the highest enlightenment and that the only way to achieve that is abandonment of the self-cherishing attitude. This is the reason that the Bodhisattva abandons the self-cherishing attitude because of the recognition that he or she does not want an inferior enlightenment. And I really use that word inferior very carefully because all enlightenment is holy uh, one could only wish to have the lowest realization that Buddha's ever talked about. But compared to a Buddha, it is inferior. It is a lesser enlightenment. Um, so that's the point that's being made here, and it's showing how the Buddha comes from the Bodhisattva. So it, it, matching this quote from the Madhyamika Avatara up with this, it shows... Um, Therefore, after conquerors' children understand that full absorption in others' welfare and the goal of enlightenment arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment. So the goal of enlightenment arise from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment. How is that? The, the Buddhas take their birth from bodhisattvas' heroes. Um, so that's how 
the, the, the goal of enlightenment arises from the spout of a spirit of enlightenment because the bodhisattvas come from the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so that's how the, the bodhisattvas arise and the Buddhas arise from that. Um, so um, that's the point being made here. They become thoroughly conditioned to it so that their compassion and spirit of enlightenment become firm. So this is just again and again and again practicing the, the wish to become a Buddha. Um, therefore, they cannot help but engage in the deeds of the great undertaking of the most challenging. So that practice forces them. They are not in control at that point. Their compassion forces them to help others. Their, their other cherishing attitude forces them to help others. Um, it's not a choice. It becomes a, um, just a natural uh, reaction. Natural as opposed to a, one that has to be thought about or artificial reaction. Uh, Dixon. Soon Nebajibashade, Sona Shaubadangila Saint Jenna, 
Okay, so um, the 11, 12, 13, we're not sure, uh, Rinpoche is saying. So we're just, obviously it ends through here. So one thing I want to just make sure is that 10 includes the essay of the Spirit of Enlightenment, the quote from Nagarjuna. um, It just... uh, shows the source of the information we just went over. So, the fruit of enlightenment solely for others' welfare grows from the sprout of the spirit of enlightenment, which has its root of firm compassion. This is what conquers children cultivate. One who stabilizes this through conditioning, though initially terrified by the suffering of others, later gives up even the bliss of meditative stabilization and enters the unwavering hell. This is amazing. This is praiseworthy. This is a, a superior way of excellent beings. Now also develop certainty about these methods by means of the sayings of excellent <laughs> beings as follows. Um, so this, will, this is where it completes. I could, you could even probably, I can see the three breaks if that's... Okay, Atisha said, Tibet uh, recognizes bodhisattvas who do not know how to train in love and compassion. Someone then asked, well then, how should bodhisattvas practice? He replied, they must learn in stages from the beginning. Um, so... This is told in kind of a joking way. It's um, almost like a sarcastic, the way that this is written. Um, it says, Tibet recognizes bodhisattvas who do not how to train in love and compassion. That's being sarcastic, because they're not bodhisattvas if they don't know how to train in love and compassion, because that's the basis of the bodhisattva training. That's why Rinpoche was laughing, because it's, jo- it's kind of put in a joke way. And, then, and Langri Tamba said uh, to Shabol. Uh, Shabopa, uh, and I have 18 human strategies and one horse strategy for a total of 19. Our human strategy is simply to develop the spirit of highest enlightenment and then learn to do whatever we do for the sake of living beings. Our horse strategy is this. Since self-cherishing keeps that spirit of enlightenment which has not arisen from arising and destabilizes that which has arisen and prevents its increase, trained by keeping self-cherishing away and doing what you can do to damage it. Cherish living beings and do, do whatever you can to help them. Um, and then the great yogi, uh, Nejor Chempo, that's what that means, the great yogi, explained to Geshe Drontompa that he had had this and that meditative, con- he, that he had had this and that meditative concentration where he had had, I don't know, had this and that the meditative 
basically he's saying that he had a meditative concentration where the energy balances and absorbs and so forth. Then Geshe Drontompas replies, even if you have a meditation undisturbed, even by the beating of a large drum close to your ear, if you do not have love, compassion, and the spirit of enlightenment, you will be reborn in a place that to avoid you must now confess day and night. Drone Topa thinks that Nejar Chempo is proceeding so as to cause his rebirth in a state, lack, state lacking leisure, such as rebirth as an or, ordinary being of the formless realm or the like. Uh, just as a translator's note, from uh, very, very stable meditative concentrations, uh, single pointed concentrations not coupled with practice, one achieves rebirth and can actually transcend this state and go to a former formless realm in the next life or actually meditate there in this life um, and, and, and misinterpret it for a state of enlightenment. Um, so, Colum uh, let me see, Drone Tompa thinks that Nejarpa is proceeding so as to cause his rebirth in a state lacking leisure such as rebirth as an ordinary being of the formless realm or the like. Uh, Kalumpa said, though our disinterest in living, through our disinterest in living beings who are what is most important, they will also do the same, not bring the benefit of virtues to us. Whether you plant the roots of the Mahayana or not, or whether you have genuinely entered the Mahayana or not, is all founded upon this, love, compassion, cherishing others, and the like. Therefore, always consider what you should do to develop these. It is excellent if you do develop them. If you have not, do not let it remain that way. Always rely on a teacher who gives this kind of teaching. Always associate with friends who are training their minds in this way. Constantly look at the scriptures and their commentaries which describe these. Amass the collections as causes for these. Clear away the obstructions which prevent these. Moreover, if you train your mind in this way, you will definitely acquire all the seeds for developing these. So this will work. Uh, so this work is not insignificant. Take joy in it. The great elder, Atisha, said, one who wishes to enter the door of the Mahayana teachings should develop through effort over eons the spirit of enlightenment, which is like the sun that clears away darkness, the moon that quells the torment of the heat. Okay. What about zero jess, London? Mm-hmm. So now if everyone wants to turn to a lamp for the path to enlightenment, uh, uh, to page 2425, uh, we'll look at the um, stanzas that um, show the benefits of uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Nija Nija to Juju 
we can find uh, the benefits um, that are present. Rinpoche said it's embedded in there. He didn't want me to read it. He just wanted to present to the, the camera that you can f where it is, and he wanted me to read that. Uh, so I did. Uh, so that's where we find in the Kangjur. And then if we read in the Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, the qualities of developing such an aspiration are fully explained by Maitreya in the Array of Trunk Sutra. Having learned about the infinite benefits of the intention to gain full enlightenment by reading this sutra or listening to a teacher, arouse it repeatedly to uh, make it steadfast. Ale, the do. Okay, so that, that's the, Rinpoche says, I think this is the array of Trunk Sutra, the, the text that he just gave me. Okay, I'm sorry, everybody. I didn't have that connected because I didn't know the name of the Kangjur text. Um, uh, so, yeah, all right. So that, Rinpoche said, is the, he believes the text that Atisha is referring to. Um, so we'll do the concluding mandala offer and, and dedication prayer to Chena Rinpoche. Sheda Sobaldu. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land, surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful, Avogateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. Pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rimchi Gutsi Shabi Denrunang, Atsulam Rimchi Mokanga Chiruma. What do you know?